0: Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.
1: Seven words that'll scare any politician. Roy Green is holding on line one. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network continues.
0: politicians have actually called into this show whatever the uh, incarnation was so few politicians call in i've always said i'm right at the other end of whatever the phone number is right right now it's triple 225 or four one six eight seven oh sixty four hundred i've always said that i'm on the right on the other end of that so if you take exception with anything that i said about your party about your politics about what you're doing call in Call in. They don't do it. They won't. A few, I should say, a few have. And one of them was Denny Cader. the mayor of Montreal who created such a furor over saying he doesn't want the Energy East pipeline going through his turf and to the East Coast so that Alberta crude oil can make its way to the ports and be exported and we can help our economy. and Sonny, Sonny doesn't like pipelines either. Not my not my Yorkie, the Prime Minister. My Yorkie loves pipelines because he knows they create economic advantage, and the big dog me gets a little more money, and I can buy them food. He gets the economic chain. So, Denny Kader called in uh, one day, I can't remember why, and he disagreed with me on something, and he actually came to the radio station the next day and sat in the studio with me, who was the Immigration Minister for Canada at the time. We got along just fine. I thought he did a good job as Immigration Minister, here. green, complimenting a liberal. And now, as the mayor of Montreal, man, the mayor of Montreal is like being the king of the... uh, king of the kingdom. He won't talk to me. He follows me on Twitter, but he won't talk to me. Denny, mon ami, tu sais ma numéro hein? C'est simple. Hmm? J'appelle-moi maintenant. Je parle en français ou en anglais si tu, si tu veux. C'est la même chose pour moi. Nous pouvons faire en anglais ou en français. C'est à choix. Yeah. OK. A two. Do you have any idea what I said, Joe?
1: Who in the world? I, I, I got cereal box French, but that's about the extent of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My good friend... <laughs>
1: And... I learned French back in high school, and that was about 15 years. I guess 15 years ago this year, so uh, it's 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 been a while since I've had to practice any.
0: So you have no idea whether I was actually speaking French or just making stuff up.
1: I understood Mona me. Uh, <laughs> I, did, I did hear you say that, so I, I was. I figured I, you know, with two out of 60 words, that wasn't bad. <laughs> That's pretty good.
0: <laughs> uh, my goodness! Joe McFarland is the uh, news director and assistant program director at News Talk 770, our Calgary radio station great radio station and Joe is a terrific reporter I'll never forget the shows we did him when you had those that horrific flood and you were out there and, and, and you just gave us such incredible eyewitness accounts of what was going on it was just I'll never forget that ever that was so great and at a terrible time.
1: I, I seem to remember doing like I'd be on different shows and that kind of thing. At one point, I remember about four days in, I went, "Who was I just talking to?" <laughs> <laughs> you, sit there and you become kind of not necessarily an autopilot, but you've re- kind of repeated yourself so often over the course. But our conversations on the weekends were always great, and not just in that that week sort of of the flood, but certainly in the weeks afterwards. You and I got to yeah. chat quite a bit, and it was it was always nice to be able to to hear your voice on the other end and kind of well, be able you. to paint the picture because. You know, so often, and, and even within city limits, it was interesting to talk to different people. And they, you know, if they didn't have to go downtown, you'd hardly ever know that there was a flood. But then you'd be able to paint the picture of just how deep the water was in some areas and, and be able to paint that picture for everyone across the nation is, is certainly something that uh, you try not to take for granted in those situations.
0: No, no, I remember when you were telling us about. Uh... It was somewhere. I think it was a theater, or it was an arena, or someplace. The way the saddle water dome. was up, Saddle Dome. Is it the Saddle Dome? Was a saddle yeah. dome eh? So the, yeah. the water was up to the third or fourth row of seats.
1: Yeah, ten, uh, tenth row up. Wow, man. Uh, so man. it was, you know, basically the entire bottom bowl of the Saddle Dome. So wow. it, it's almost the extent of going as high up as the, a little bit past the the glass on the ice, if you can imagine that. It was, man. you know, put that in any any arena, and that's kind of the. You put that into perspective and you go, holy moly, you know, and it's the same, actually, I was talking to my, I'm I'm back at the farm for the weekend uh, and chatting with my parents and we were talking about context and that kind of thing. And even the Fort McMurray wildfires, you don't really get a sense of it until you start talking about the size and scope when you compare it to other things. And I remember at one point during that fire, we were able to calculate it to be the size of the city of Calgary. And I think that was when everybody kind of went, or the size of the city of Toronto and everybody kind of went, Okay, now we get the, you know, it's one thing to say the number of hectares, it's another to say, "Oh my goodness, the uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the size of a uh, one of the biggest cities in Canada."
0: Well, you do you think about, okay, so I start out at one end of the city and I drive, even if I'm able to drive at the speed limit, mm-hmm. it's going to and I'm on an expressway, it's going to take me a fairly long period of time to get to the other side of the city, and that is the size of that fire. That's what that's yeah. the oh my god moment.
1: Yeah. That's exactly it. Or that's and, and the just,
0: that's the scope of the flood. The oh my yeah, god moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know, it's it's unfortunate that in, in Alberta we seem to have one of those every every year or two. It seems we seem to have some sort of whether it was Slave Lake or the flood or now Fort McMurray. It's we, we've had to talk on a lot of really bad things. Can not we talk about something good for once, Roy? <laughs> <laughs> sure.
0: Um, um, um. Oh man. <laughs> I'll think of something in a minute. What I want to talk to you about, my friend, is uh, the NDP government, yours in in Alberta, filing a bizarre lawsuit this week. It's been described as bizarre. I don't think there's any other way to describe it, at least from my perspective, Mm
1: -hmm. against
0: power companies, including utilities which are owned or partly owned by the cities of Calgary and Edmonton in order to stop the companies from backing out of power contracts, which have been made less profitable by Alberta's increased carbon taxes or carbon costs. Can I just take a break here? You know how it works. We've been talking about all sorts of things, just having a nice yak. I have to take a Mm -hmm. break, then we'll come back and we'll talk more with my friend Joe McFarland, News Director, Assistant Program Director at at AM News Talk 770 in Calgary. Stay with us. No
1: or no comment sitting down. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: I'm on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. Follow me there. And uh, emails to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com. Joe McFarland, News Director at News Talk 770 in Calgary with me. And uh, so let's, Joe, have you explain to us, please, what it is the Notley government is doing with this lawsuit against power companies, including utilities which are owned, or at least partly owned, by the cities of Calgary and Edmonton. What's going on?
1: Yeah, so back in 2000, during the Ralph Klein era, uh, the power companies signed essentially a deal with the province saying, you know, this is how the power buying or power purchasing is going to work in this province. and. There's a clause in there uh, that, you know, depending on who you ask, is either good or bad. Now, the clause basically says that if uh, a government in the future, because this was a 20-year agreement, um, the the terms might change or the government might change. And so if the the deal becomes uh, unlucrative for the power companies or doesn't become profitable enough for the companies, they can essentially back out. And so what the province is claiming right now is that the the uh, power companies are trying to opt out of the deal because of the the way that some of the things that the NDP have done have made their industry basically unprofitable or, or unsustainable for them, and so it's created quite an interesting uh, backlash because obviously this is a 20 year deal, and and so there's some questions uh, aimed towards the NDP in terms of how long did they know about the circumstance or around the uh, the things that were going to happen once they introduce the carbon levy, for example, the carbon tax. So you want to frame that that, uh, that dollar that's going to be brought in at some point. Um, what exactly have they done to help out power companies? Um, how, how long ago did they know about that versus, you know, did they know now or did they know 20 years ago? Um, And there's been other questions as to the ramifications of such a deal. And, and, you know, you've seen the Calgary and Edmonton Chambers of Commerce say this is a bad thing. You've seen the Mayor Nahed Ninchi in Calgary uh, lash out, saying that this is a poorly thought-out deal. You've got, obviously, every single one of the opposition parties of any colour, the Liberals, the Alberta Party, the PCs, or the Wild Rose. You know, they never agree on anything, and yet the four of them all agree that this is a bad idea. The NDP framed this as we're looking out for Albertans, and they're claiming that the the uh, power companies aren't looking out for our best interests. That they went behind closed doors with the province back in 2000 and kind of compared it to an Enron situation, which is a pretty um, pretty bold statement. I think that a lot of people took offense to, especially uh, the people or the guys who work at Enmax and and Epcor in Edmonton. Um, Those are city-owned utilities at the end of the day. And so if you're claiming that they were going behind closed doors, then that begs the question, were the municipal governments in on this? Uh, And if those were in on it, then all of a sudden you have to call into question the mayors of those cities at the time, the councils at those times, were were the the residents of those two cities had the wolf pulled over their eyes during those times? You know, there's some interesting ramifications that could come of this. And so a judge is going to be basically asked to uh, deliver a decision on whether or not uh, the power companies can opt out of this, these contracts. And, and depending on what happens, if they say, yeah, they can opt out, then the government is being made to look really bad, the province. Uh, and if they say, yeah, no, the power, if they say, no, power companies uh, can't uh, opt out, then the power companies look really bad in this case, and, yeah. and especially the city-owned one. So yeah. some really interesting ramifications. Well, with, Joe,
0: you know, it's so it's strange to me. I mean, I'm listening to this, and I'm thinking about other provinces doing this sort of thing, uh, because prices are going to change. We don't get the oil to market, and uh, we start closing coal-fired um, uh, energy-creating um, Plans, so we start to change everything, we start to head toward uh, r- green renewables and increase power, uh, carbon taxes. This sort of thing is going to be not only in Alberta, it's going to be elsewhere. And and you have this in uh, this crazy situation where you have, uh, uh, as you say, Calgary and Edmonton, who own or at least partly own uh, mm-hmm. utilities, are being now uh, attacked by the provincial government for backing out of contracts which were signed, and, the, and, and, and they're backing out because their deals are less profitable. But why are they less profitable? Because of Alberta's increased carbon costs. So it's the province that's causing the problem. Uh, and, and then the idea that a province would sue its own regulatory agency, the Alberta Utilities Commission, for unlawfully agreeing in 2000 to terms which allow termination of the so-called power purchase agreements if a change in law renders the PP unprofitable. I think, it, or more unprofitable is how it reads, is just m- madness, and it starts me to think of this. Could all of this lead toward the situation which exists in the UK, where thousands of elderly and poor are dying annually because they cannot afford the increasing price of electricity? It's projected that by 2030, this is my British charity, by 2030, 100,000 people in the U.K., and I've talked about this with Bjorn Lomborg, 100,000 people in the U.K. will die of of cold, being cold, because they cannot afford electricity. I just want to read you something from the Daily Mail. Uh, This goes back to uh, 2011, October 2011. More than 2,700 people are dying each year in England and Wales because they cannot afford to keep their homes warm, according to an official study. The spiraling cost of gas and electricity combined with the impact of green taxes is putting health and lives at risk, researchers found. The study concluded that green taxes on household power bills are regressive and have a disproportionate impact on poorer households. You have older people in the U.K. riding buses all day to stay warm in the winter or staying in bed all day to stay warm. And I'm just wondering if all this stuff that's going on starting now in Alberta... Um, is is eventually, or maybe not eventually, is fairly quickly going to lead to a similar situation in this country.
1: Well, and especially given the fact that you're looking at a, a situation where we haven't really seen a, a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to uh, to the current economic downturn that we've been exactly. facing. Exactly. I mean, there, there's a lot of people that are out of jobs in Alberta. They're moving away or they're staying here hoping that the, the light will soon be on the horizon kind of thing. And, and you start to question, you know, those who have jobs are going to be forced to pay even more. Those who don't have jobs are going to be forced to pay more.
0: Well, if you don't have the um, money. And there's
1: a lot of question marks in terms of the economic conditions now, given the fact that so many uh, different people are saying that even, even with the, the way that they're going towards green, which is a, an enviable idea, is it feasible right now in, in, a, in an economic downturn? Can you turn the economy around on something that is unproven?
0: Well, you know, uh, the answer to that question from my perspective is no. two, two letters N-O. and no. And I just want to bring this home to this country. And I've talked about this before and in, uh, in, in, this was a story of the CTV um, ran in 2014. Uh, the winter in February, today there are this is Bruce Gray County. okay? Today there are mm-hmm. concerns. Some people might need to resort to um, candles space heater and your oven to warm things because they can't afford the fuel they may need to keep their furnaces running. We have Jean McAllister has been living alone since her husband was admitted to a long-term care home last year who suffers from Alzheimer's now she's getting by on one pension and old age security and money is tight she says she can't afford to pay for both her hydro and heating in one month and uh, the uh, Francesca Dobbin with the United Way Bruce Grey says 42 families are in crisis situation in Grey Bruce counties she said 26 have no fuel at all And there's no money to buy it. Some even have had their electricity disconnected until payment plans could be arranged through community supports like the United Way Social Services. And she says, my greatest fear is that we're going to lose somebody. Somebody's going to die because of this issue. Now, it's a bit of a step from what we've talked about that's going on with your government in Alberta suing um, the uh, power companies. It's a step. But, man... um, they started with this, this concept in the UK, and that's what we talked about with seniors dying there. And then there's the story that from uh, from Ontario in 2014. I'm taking a lot of loose ends, Joe, and I'm pulling them together. Maybe they shouldn't be pulled together, but I'm doing it.
1: But at the same time, too, is you know, let's say this thing does get caught up in in uh, litigation for a while, or let's say the province does win this, and and the the companies have to pay more down the line. Where do you think that cost is going to go to? It's yeah. not going to be paid by the companies. It's going nope. to be passed on to the consumers. That's, exactly, and the,
0: that's consumer, the bottom line. right? And your consumers in Alberta are hurting. Everybody in Alberta is hurting. And you know when Alberta hurts, the country
1: hurts. Yeah, it was interesting. There was a report earlier this week talking about the the GDP numbers and how uh, the Fort McMurray wildfire really impacted uh, GDP in in Canada as a whole. And I think that really paints a picture in terms of just how much of an economic driver Alberta still is for this province. Yes, sir. How it impacts this this country.
0: Yes, sir. Now, final question for you. Mm-hmm. Would you jump out of an airplane?
1: <laughs> I have a hard enough time getting in an airplane. To tell you the truth, me and I don't get along. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it's like a it's like a, a 30-ton toothpaste tube to me, and, and it shouldn't be in the air. But you have this guy, we're going to talk about him when we come back, he jumped out of a plane twenty you know twenty five thousand feet no parachute. No parachute.
1: parachute. Ugh. Jeez, some people. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go crawl on the ground right now and just you know <laughs> hug it for a while.
0: <laughs> I got you. Talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks for the time. Bye bye. Joe McFarland from Newstalk 770 in Calgary, our great chorus radio station in southern Alberta or more central Alberta, right? Six thirty. Chad is in Edmonton, two hours drive to the north. We'll talk about that parachute jump when we come back.